So, quick note before we jump into the podcast proper. I did something a little different this time. As I mentioned before, and I'm sure I will mention later, the podcast started as a replacement activity during COVID. I wanted to get back into photography, but with COVID occurring, I didn't want to shoot in person. So I started the podcast instead. The budgeted money that would have gone to paying models to shoot now instead goes towards paying models for the podcast. I'm a big believer that people should be paid for their time, and you can be paid in a variety of ways, whether that's in stellar images, exposure that actually means something, in fun, or in dollars. For people, where this is their livelihood, that usually means dollars. Now that people are gathering again and most people are vaccinated, my budget is not high enough to both shoot and record and pay for both. In an ideal world, the podcast would be so influential that the exposure would be worth the time, or would pay for itself, but at this point in time, the viewership is... Uh, still fairly limited. It's a niche audience, and I've done very little advertising. I've debated trying to widen the audience and bring in the model fan demographic, but I'm worried about losing the core audience of photographers and models if I dip a little too deeply there. And a lot of photographers and models don't want to stretch their feet too far over that line as well. We've discussed the art nude slash erotic line before, and there is a real cost to crossing it, even if the monetary rewards may be higher. So the short-term answer is the podcast will be moving to a monthly format. Where previously I was able to afford to interview two models for an hour apiece, I am now going to try and find one model per month for a three-hour shoot and interview. Of course, this is going to limit me to local models to the DMV area and traveling models for a period of time. I am simultaneously going to be looking at methods of broadening the reach of the podcast and how to monetize it. As I mentioned before, and will no doubt again, this is not a podcast that's going to make anyone rich, but I would like for it to be revenue neutral, and would like to be able to pay all the guests who come on what they ask for not necessarily what my budget is. There's an article on the website where I kind of discuss, I think it would take about $350 a month to uh, make it neutral. Probably take a bit more than that to make it so that I could pay everybody what they ask for because obviously, you know, some models ask for more. This episode's a little test of that. I asked Kazi to meet me at a local small studio and we met, talked for a bit, had a very short, unfortunately, shoot and then a shorter-than-normal interview. This was both because I was a little bit manic and because I lost probably 45 minutes in discussion and in setting up lighting and sound. Additionally, the studio owner messaged me and said that they had someone coming in right after us, so we had to be out on the dot. Obviously, in the future, I'll be better at the setup, but I think a three hours is a safer time period. There was some echoing and mic bleeding at times, and I think I got most of it, but apologies for any I missed. It was a hardwood floor, bare walls, nothing really to soften the sound, unfortunately. Perils of on-location recording, but I've got some ideas for how to improve that in the future. I also used my phone to record 15 minutes of video during the shoot. While I was shooting with Faye, we were having a great time joking around and, you know, one-upping each other, and I realized that might be something people would be interested in as well. So I pulled the MP3 from that audio and added it at the end. Once I removed the silences, it was only seven minutes long. Because, you know, obviously when you're shooting, you're not talking the entire time. But if you're interested, you can listen to that. Once you get to the point when I ask Cassie to share her social media information, it'll be right after that. You can stop the podcast there if you don't really care about it, or you can listen to it if you like. It was recorded on my phone, so the quality is not great. And it ends abruptly. As we moved out of recording range towards the end, we shifted uh, locations in the studio. So I cut it off there instead of including the garbled bits. If this is something you enjoy, please let me know. I can start recording and including audio from the entire shoot. Maybe video two as part of a Patreon or something. You can watch my amateur self fumble through the entire shoot, which is always fun, right? I don't know. Maybe if people are interested, I also considered paying and bringing in a professional to come in and teach me to be a better photographer and videoing that and sharing that as part of a Patreon or something like that. Anyways, with that, uh, on with the show. Hope you enjoy it. Good day, everyone, and welcome back to the Not Safe for Work Photography Podcast. There are thousands of models and photographers creating adult content using modern platforms and taking control of their own creative lives. Today, we're interviewing Kazzy, also known as Emo Hippie Chick, local to Fairfax County, Virginia, and she has been modeling on and off since 2013. But she's been at it more regularly for the past two to three years. She works the more typical jobs such as fashion, lingerie, and artistic nudes, but her favorite themes are horror, cosplay, and underwater. Kazi has started taking photography more seriously starting in the summer of 2020 and has worked with many models in the DMV area since then. Our topic today is keeping things fresh and creative, both as model and photographer, so it doesn't feel like you're making the same pictures over and over again. 
I took that sentence verbatim from Kazi. Very creative. <laughs> Just as an FYI, we are sitting in a studio at the corner of, what is that? Eldon Street in Herndon. And you might be able to hear the beeping of the crosswalk. <laughs> Did not expect that when we set up this meeting. So I apologize that for that in advance. Uh, so, Cassie, you've been on the podcast before, but you're here as part of a panel. So we really didn't get to explore your own modeling or your photography. We generally just talked about bad behavior of photographers. So let's start there. How did you get where you are in photography and modeling? What's your origin story? Oh, man. So origin story, uh, I guess it was around 2013. And man, if I have any advice for new models is don't do how I did when I started modeling. I was like, I'm going to just go on Craigslist and see who's looking through for models. It seemed like a great idea. Wow, there's so many people looking for models. I was very fortunate. Though, nothing bad happened to me. I met a very nice lady who did makeup art and she was looking to get into photography. So that was awesome. I shot like in a field and I had a long black skirt. Those are actually probably some of my favorite pictures I've done. It's kind of interesting though, because like yeah. two of those are red flags in a field <laughs> and Craigslist. <laughs> I know, right? We were just like off the side of some highway. It was a terrible idea. But let's see, I was what, like no, 19 pretty public, or 20 at that time? I think I was like 19. So, mm. but yeah. Oh, and no escort. I didn't ask for references. Wow. No, it was, it was not great. But that fortunately went well. And then I just did some stuff here and there with that. You know what's interesting though, is mm -hmm. that's probably how like all model photography was done in like the sixties. I mean, minus Craigslist, but you know, like in the sixties <laughs> and seventies, it was all like, like you know, thumbtacked, yeah. yeah, like, like index cards, thumbtacked on bulletin boards and stuff. And <laughs> there were no reviews. There were no escorts. <laughs> Come to the creepy old mansion down the road. Uh, why do you love horror? You warned me you were going to ask this question. And I've been trying to no, think about this how is all, to this ask is all this, off the answer cuff. this. This is all ad hoc. <laughs> this is totally not pre-planned. I'm just this brilliant normally. <laughs> I know, right? Just the constant flow and the witty conversation. And yeah, brilliant. Yeah, we're both just... But I know. I guess it's like, you know, like, why do you like the color red? Or why do you like ice cream? Because it's I delicious. Mean, I mean, yes. So there we go. Horror is <laughs> delicious. delicious. That is my answer. I just really like the creepy, like... The feelings of, you get? The, yeah, the feelings, the aesthetic. I mean, I always liked, you know, like, kind of like the goth and the emo stuff. And with horror, you get to just play around with stuff you don't really experience in real life unless you're a total psychopath, which, you know... Hopefully the people I do my horror stuff with aren't total psychopaths, but it'd be a real good cover though. It would be right. Like, oh, I'm it's a all horror fake. photographer. Yeah, it's, all it's fake. fake blood. It's fake. Well, mostly I'm the subject covered in the fake blood, so we can safely assume I have not murdered myself. This is copper, coppery tasty. <laughs> it's just really delicious, realistic. Delicious fake blood. copper. So I see that you're also a modelographer. How do you feel about that term? I like it. I think it's just that much slightly easier than saying model and photographer. So, and I know a lot of people I feel are getting more into the modelographer kind of situation. Like a lot of models I know start out modeling and then get interested in photography. But I think I did actually meet one model who is actually uh, really big in the fashion scene right now, but she started in photography and then became a model. I think it makes more sense than models who get into sculpture. <laughs> I mean, you, you kind of know a lot of this stuff already, yeah. you know, I mean, just hanging around, you're like, oh, you know, these are soft boxes and you know, these are, you know, where the light should go. And these are, yeah, you, you pick up a lot of it already. And oh, yeah. frankly, if you're traveling as a model, a camera is a really portable way to take stuff with you too. Like it's a lot more portable than again, sculpture. <laughs> what types of photography do you like to do yourself the most? I mean, I love working with models. I love doing, again, like kind of the traditional boudoir and fashion and stuff. But again, my favorite is still going to be underwater, horror, and cosplay type stuff. Although fantasy is really fantastic too. Imagine fantasy is real. Is it, is it mostly, do you do it mostly post or like practical effects? So my friends always laugh at me that i'm in these artistic fields like photography and photo editing and stuff because i'm 
a very impatient person. <laughs> I have tried very hard to learn like um, composite work and like the fantasy manipulation stuff, but oh my God, it is so time consuming. It will take, you know, like an hour to just like add one little detail to it. That's why I it. hate editing so much. Yeah. The pictures from Faye that I took here last yeah. month, still haven't finished editing them. <laughs> I hate editing because it's so detail oriented. It and really it's so, is. And I'm just like, I'm staring at them and I'm like, I, I know I need to edit these. And I just, it's so painful. I need to be rich so that I can pay somebody else. To edit. I, I, I want to take right? the pictures and I just want to pay somebody else to edit them. That. And just like what helps is if you get a really good makeup artist for a lot of the fantasy stuff, because a good makeup artist can already just make oh. the picture. Oh. I mean, that's why when we started shooting today, I was like, all right, for the first time ever, I'm going to like look at the wall and like clean the mirror and like, like try and do that oh, stuff yeah. ahead of time. Cause it's again, I just, I just, I just, I just sigh and defeat when I see that stuff. And it's like in every picture, there's this thing that needs to be, that I could have taken care of ahead of time. It just hurts. Ooh, a common one is, is uh, models will have the hair ties left around their wrist. I always forget to check. And then when I'm editing photos, I'm like, no. Oh my God. <laughs> every time, every time. As someone who's on both sides of the camera, what's your best piece of advice for new models who want to do adult work? Nude work, you can call it whatever you like. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think for both, and for all modeling really, but maybe a little more so for the nude and then even more so for the erotic nude work, escort, escort, escort. Like I said, don't do what I did when I started modeling. That is stranger danger behavior. Escorts are so important. References are so important. Yeah. Do you want to repeat what you said? I think right before we started recording, I think you said something about what you did with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So I did something that I don't recommend you doing with new photographers, but he has, you have worked. I was going, yeah. Well, no, I think that is an important thing. If you are alone with someone that you don't know, you've never met before, taking water from a stranger. <laughs> You never know, man. I would rather be paranoid than dead in a ditch. I was, well, I was referring more to the fact that you checked in with Faye and Anastasia oh, yeah. May uh, before. <laughs> That's another thing. Yes. Let people know where you're going and who you're going to be with. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And I, and I had two bottles of water. I offered her one and I drank out of the other one first. <laughs> yeah. He let me choose. Little water roulette game here. So, and then she, got, she, she could have waited to see if I passed out. <laughs> I mean, you know, it could be, like you said, that you've just been microdosing. So. All right, well, we'll see if I suddenly cut out speech during this podcast, okay? Now you will know what happened to me. <laughs> well, I guess when you wouldn't post it. That's my kink. <laughs> all right. <sighs> On to the topic. We cut that out. That's a little, maybe a little bit for, That's public, okay. yeah. for public consumption. <laughs> all right. So we're talking creativity in general and how to keep things fresh. And I've seen a lot of, now, a lot of these questions, uh, well, I've seen a lot of takes on the subject of repetitive photos, and they tend to fall into two buckets. One is pretty negative, where people are complaining about repetitive motifs. You see a lot of people complaining about, like, I'm so sick of seeing whatever the latest trend on IG is. Like, you know, you know we've seen so many pictures of people in tulip fields, or whenever, you know, the sunflower fields yeah. in July or whatever, 10,000 people in sunflower fields. The other is positive. Several models that I've spoken to will talk about how even if it is a copy, when you combine a different model, a different photographer, a different field or a different studio, uh, different lighting, different times of day, you get subtly different setups that create sometimes wildly different, sometimes subtly different photos. Where do you fall on it? So... I love the sunflower example because I was going to actually bring that up, that that's one where <laughs> every year, yeah, no, I mean, it's perfect though, because it is the perfect example of so many photographers complaining to me every year that they see so many sunflower pics every single summer and it's way overdone. And my view is, well, as a photographer and as a model, I have not done sunflowers yet. So it is not a repetitive thing for me. Yeah. I think that it is totally cool to be inspired by other people's work or to want to do something, even if that's, you know, popular or quote unquote overdone. I think what's important is for you as an individual to keep switching up your work. Like if all I posted every single day was me in a sunflower field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a little much. But if I have one day I'm in a sunflower field, one day I'm in a tulip field, 
one day I'm in a daisy field or so I'm switching it up. I'm switching it up, doing something different. <laughs> my heart and my head are in different places on this. My heart is like, no, you have to do something different. And I know that this is almost like a societal pressure. There's like a societal pressure that, you know, we, yeah. we almost worship the, the new, like you have to do something different. You have to do something special. You have to do something new. And I let that, I mean, we talked earlier about almost like the analysis paralysis. It lets you, you're, it almost forces you, uh, especially when talking with models. I feel a, I feel a pressure and nobody's putting this pressure on me. Like there's no, there's no single person saying you have to do something new, but when talking with a model, uh, and they're like, well, what do you want to do? I don't want to say like, I want to do the exact same shoot you've done a thousand times with every other photographer, <laughs> even though it might be new to me. Like, for example, right. I posted on Twitter, there was something about this really cool shoot where they have three different light sources and they're all primary colors. So when the light blends on the model, it's a white light, but it casts three different or actually casts six different shadows because the way the lights blend, right. it creates like the different primary and secondary color shadows. And then I saw... Like once I saw that article, I started seeing like models with that shoot and photographers with that shoot and their thing. And I was like, oh, I just never seen it. Like it's, 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 once you see something, you start, you know, recognizing it everywhere. And I was like, oh, well, I guess that's not so unique, but that's dumb. Like you said, I've never done that shoot. Yeah. So I know it's just interesting, but my head intellectually is like, well, I've never done it. So I should try it still. So I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah. I will also say something I enjoy going to is workshops and that's something where everyone literally is doing the, exact is same doing thing. the same thing yeah. and yet the shots do turn out to be very different I, I keep meaning to go to workshops and i keep not they're <laughs> always they're always in the middle of times that other stuff is happening like there's one tomorrow that i really wanted to go to that's being put on locally with what looks like a really interesting model i just cannot find time to go so there's actually there's like three groups in this area they're all putting on good ones Absolutely. Like there's the time factor and of course the money factor. I know personally at this point, like I'm looking for something either very interesting. Like for example, I went to a workshop that had a fire dancer. I was like, oh yeah, I am throwing money at that. I've never worked with a fire dancer. My fire dancing pictures were terrible because I never worked with a fire yeah, dancer. Before. It's so hard. But so like I'll do that. I won't necessarily go to a one single model is doing a boudoir set. I'm like, I have a lot of boudoir in my portfolio. I still enjoy doing it. I'm just less likely to want to spend a lot of money on it. Now, if you're like, there will be 10 lingerie models at an event. I'm like, wow, yeah, I will get a lot of content from a single day. So that's something else. Really that wanted I to, uh, really want to do like Mega Glam up at oh, Scott well, Church Studios. Mega really Glam is expensive. Yeah. It's awesome and amazing models. But when you have to pay for the event and pay for each individual model, I like a all for one kind of deal. That's fair. Yeah, there was another one going on down in down in near Culpeper, Virginia. That okay. Also, was kind of the same deal where you pay to go and then you have to pay the models too. But there's a whole bunch of models and you basically just like shoot your butt off for like three or four days. That I really want to go to, but again, like it's like a whole weekend, and I'm like, oh, I really, really, yeah. really good at this, but. Do I have do I do I have an entire weekend? And how do I talk my wife into letting me just disappear <laughs> for a weekend? Uh, do you think the Do you think I really need to work on my transitions. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Do you think the majority of people are derivative? Like in terms of like when they do their, like a lot of the people, the photographers you work with, do you think that they are derivative or do you think that, or do you think that they're creative in a different way or how do you feel about like the majority of photographers? I think that most photographers do have their own style, their own flavor that they add to all of their photos, no matter what the topic of it is. I do just honestly think at this point, like you were mentioning before, kind of the quest to be original and to be creative and to do something no one else has done. It's it's impossible. It's 2022. It's the whole, I don't know if you watch South Park, but it's the Simpsons did it. Simpsons did it. Like everything's been done. I know one photographer who he thought he was like God's gift on earth because he invented naked woman in the woods. He <laughs> was, He thought he did. He was like, everyone's just copying me. I'm like, unless you were born like 2,000 years ago, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Naked Woman in the Woods has been a thing for a very long time. There's cave drawings of, <laughs> like, these are trees. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, and that doesn't even mean that it's bad to do that. I'm just saying, like, when someone's like, oh, someone's copying me for doing this, it's like, unless you are literally taking the same model, making them do exactly the same thing, same location, same pose, 
Which, you know, even then, you're allowed to be inspired and to like to do something. Just again, as long as your po portfolio, as long as all of your pictures don't look exactly the same, which some people do. Some people obviously just want very specific things. Some people are like, I just want this on my portfolio. And I don't find that very interesting or creative. Yeah, I was talking with a photographer before who was discussing how he did his shots and his, his his shoots and how he had like a list of all the shots that he wanted and he would go yeah. down at like a checklist and like hit each one now that being said he's a way more successful photographer than i am i'm <laughs> super amateur <laughs> like i haven't sold any work to anybody <laughs> so he's obviously doing something way more than i do although frankly that's probably why is because yeah. he has to hit certain things that he knows he can sell yeah so there's less creativity in that work but he's making money off it too right and then I also think it's okay to have kind of like a theme or a brand. Like I know some people who like, they just do underwater photography. That doesn't necessarily mean all their work looks the same. If they only want to work with like one type of model, which I see this in some photographers' portfolios, yeah. you know, you have the size zero white woman with long blonde hair. It's I, like, maybe switch that, it up a little. Is that, I can kind of understand that in some ways though. That makes a lot of things a lot easier. Yeah. You don't have to worry about like, how do I hide or maybe hide's not the right word, but like with somebody who has a perfect body, you don't have to worry about dealing with things. You don't sure. have to worry about like, like how do I incorporate, like how do I try and find like poses that work, like stuff like that. You're like, anything will work with this person. I can pose them in literally any way. Like it's easy. I definitely feel that. And I definitely get there's people like that. I definitely think, and again, I feel like I'm not even saying like, oh, you're dumb if you do this. I'm just saying, I don't think you're a very creative person <laughs> That's That's if you fair. do this. I totally get some people are out here like 99% for their money. You do that. You hustle. You know, like, there's not that much money out here, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But like the, the, the thing about like human bodies is that everyone's is so different. And then finding a way to bring out everyone's individual beauty, I feel is a challenge that creatives should strive for because everyone does have that. Like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, ha -ha, I don't have that. You couldn't find a good picture of me. It's like, no, you can, you really can. It doesn't matter. To me, like body size, body shape, what race or what color your skin is or whatever, if you have any kind of physical disabilities. Like I've seen people do amazing work with literally every type of person. And I think that's the creative way, creative vision that we should strive for as creatives. Again, if you're here just to make money, like if you make money by selling pictures of hot blondes, <laughs> then all right. Yeah. I feel you. But if you're trying to do something creative and if you're trying to learn and grow as a photographer, that's, that's just what I think anyways. That makes sense. One of the things that I've seen about creativity recently, there's been a lot of studies on creativity because everybody's so obsessed with creativity in our right. environment. And one of the things they've talked about is how creativity is not going herring off in a completely new direction. Because frankly, people that go herring off in a completely new and unseen direction are frequently regarded as madmen. <laughs> They're like, ah, well, this guy's crazy. But it's usually taking something that's already been done and then just adding a little twist to it. Like, you know, the, the big example is that an iPhone was not completely new. It was taking a cellular phone and a iPod and combining them. And then an iPod was taking a you know, Walkman and a computer and putting them together. Like they're just, it's, it's combining two things that already exist, which frankly goes with what you're talking about, which is taking something that's already been done. And at least in art is taking something that's already been done and then combining that with your own, your own twist, your own style. So, yeah. So really, really, we're just obsessing over something that doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. And I agree with you. I think science and art are very similar in this way is that you are just taking something one step further than it already was. Like you said, there's very rarely anything that's totally brand new. And I agree with what you said that then you're kind of a madman. Like they thought they were crazy for suggesting you should wash your hands before performing surgery. Like you were a crazy person for saying yeah, that. They fired that guy. Yeah. Like they, they literally kicked him <laughs> out. And uh, I think he died in a literal insane asylum. Like, But then the hospital realized once they sacked him, the death rates went back up. And they're like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> So what, what do you think, well, you know what, this is, 
now that I've now that I'm reading this question, this is a super obvious question. What drives people to take similar pictures to others? Well, recognition, lack of the disbelief and trying to do something else. That's a dumb question. I apologize. I apologize <laughs> to the listeners for forcing that in your ears. But the next one's a little more important. How do you force yourself to take pictures that are different? Or do you? Do you just go with the impulse to do the same picture? When you see something that is similar and you want to take a similar picture, do you just run with it or do you try and force yourself to do something a little different? I think it depends on the situation. I think I definitely try to do both. I know that recently I went to a workshop featuring a fine art nude model and she was wonderful, but I did some of the mean group part. So I am just doing what everyone else is doing. And then I also hired her for one-on-one for after the main session was done. And I'm trying to think, I'm like, what can I do with a naked lady? Like, she's naked. Okay. You know, so I was really just looking for little extra things I could add to give it my own flavor, my own twist. So I know um, one of the things I did was I got little paper butterflies and like their wings fold up and stuff. It looks semi-realistic after you take the picture and edit it so I just covered her in butterflies and I threw her in the little rose garden outside so that was just one way I was like take a naked lady add something to it and then that's that's my photo naked lady you know what's funny is actually the first thing that popped into my mind was when you're like what to do with a naked lady I was like giant (laughs) plushie full-sized like life-size like giant so but but it's the same thing it's naked lady plus something Mm -hmm. it's the formula Oh, so, so really it is just, you can do things that have a very specific vision, something that you're very specifically inspired by something, but I just like going to photo shoots and I just bring extra stuff just in case I could do something with it. Like recently I was just like, what if I just bring a bunch of paint and dump it on someone that could be fun. The model was a real sport. She loved it. (laughs) Oh man, that model. Can I just say that model was crazy on a little side tangent. I love her. She's amazing. Would you mind she, if you mentioned her? <laughs> probably not. Model Solamente, she's awesome. I love working with her. I will work with her all the time. But I, I told her I was like on a fruit kick, and I still am. Like I want to take a model, and I tell them, you can't do any of these fruits because I've done them. But what's your favorite fruit besides these fruits? And she's like, oh, I want to do a pineapple shoot. She was so pumped for the pineapple shoot, and I was so down with it. We had lots of fun. Later, she posts something on her social media. Oh, allergic reactions are the worst. I was like, what happened? She's like, I'm allergic to pineapples. I'm like, did you know you were allergic to pineapples? And she's like, yep. I was like, you are wonderful, but crazy. I love you. I love you, Solamente. You are awesome. But wow. It was her idea. She wanted to do it. Oh, my God. (sighs) You know. I've heard that. So that's a frequent recommendation to photographers when they're talking about being in a creative ditch. They're like, pick, but usually it's in the sense of like restricting yourself to equipment. It's like pick a focal length. But I like the idea of picking a prop or like a series of props, like fruit or something. Something that you can do a series out of, not just like like a sword, make a picture with a model (laughs) and a sword, but like picking a series or maybe a location. So, hmm, fruit. (laughs) Food in general. I like food. I like being like, oh, or, you know, like, let's dump some honey on you or whatever. I mean, that's a little more common, I guess. But I don't know. Just like having, just adding something to make some texture to everything. I'm just a guy with cameras like uh, whipped cream. <laughs> whipped cream and cherries, right? <laughs> Maybe not. It's like, give me that. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, I've done strawberries. Strawberries is a pretty common one. My favorite one was a girl went with me to gardens and we just threw all the strawberries in the air. We were really not supposed to do that there. They, we picked it up though. Like we didn't like leave garbage there. I'm going to bleep out the name of the gardens because I think they charge you to do portraits there. Did pay oh, you did. to do right. it. You're just not supposed to bring fruit. Food. I'm still going yeah. to bleep out the name. <laughs> sure, that's fine. Yeah, bleep out the name. So how do you typically balance that? Do you try to do like half and half when you shoot? Do you try and do like, all right, I'm going to do the first half of this shoot is the stuff that I've always done. And then we're going to do something daring the second half, like with the workshop where you did something that everybody else was doing. And then when you had the time alone... Yes. So definitely at workshops, it is half and half. Like I do try to get some one-on-one time with the models afterwards, both so I can make sure, you know, they're getting some money for the time they spend, but also they get workshops. They have you modeled for any workshops. Do you typically get your hourly for that? It depends. Some do. And some say 
the first portion is TFP and then people can pay you for afterwards. So yeah, it, it's really, they charge like a hundred or 150 bucks for the workshop. Yeah. And if you've got like, and usually it's between four and eight people for a workshop. I mean, depending, sometimes it's more, but then that's kind of crazy. But like, if there's like six people there and they pay 150 bucks, that's $900. I mean, it depends on the location. I know sometimes that money, a lot of that money does go to the location, but definitely. But even a pretty nice studio is like 150 bucks an hour. So if you reserve the studio for three hours, that's 450 bucks. You still have enough money to pay the model. Oh, I agree. I'm at the (laughs) point where I've definitely been to a couple workshops where I thought I was going to get more pictures out of it at the very least. Like they're, they're usually up front. At least I'm not going in expecting to be paid and then I'm not paid. Like everyone's always up front about that. But it's at the point where I can't force photographers to give me pictures. So I'm kind of done doing free workshops because I just, I don't know what I'm going to get. I guess, you know what, that does make sense. Because the one, for, the one workshop I went to last fall, I did actually get one of the people was like, hey, you haven't sent pictures to so-and-so yet. And they never told me I had to. Although looking back on it, it makes sense because yeah. they charge so low that it makes sense that it was a TFP. But they didn't tell me ahead of time. And I was like, but after again, after the fact, I was like, oh, yeah. that makes total sense that it was. A, but yeah. And I do appreciate when the event managers tell the photographers, these models are not getting paid. Yes. You have yes. to get them their pictures back. Yeah. Although even that, you still don't guarantee but I have met a lot of photographers who I'll be at an event and sometimes it'll be just like large shootout events. And the photographers are like, I didn't know the models aren't getting paid. I was like, yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause I didn't understand the economics of this event. Cause it was like the same number of photographers and the same number of models. And I was like, wow. That's, yeah. Cause I, my assumption was that the models were getting paid from the fees. Like that's why the photographers paid was to pay the yeah. models. But now that you've said that, like I never, it didn't occur to me that it was DFP. But. Yeah, of course. And again, some photographers totally do pay their models, especially for a lot of the smaller events. Yeah. But a lot of the times they'll be like, no, you're coming to this thing and you're not getting paid just for coming, but you're welcome to charge people for like nudes or for one-on-one time or whatever else. Yeah, that's, although, you know, you're right. You're kind of right though, in the sense that, because I was thinking of the, of the shoot as being like a two hour, but a lot of them do offer the one-on-one time. So the, the organizers of the shoot do have to rent out the studio for like four or five hours, not just yeah. two hours. And if the studio is like a hundred bucks, like that's a five or, or $150, like that's a lot more expensive. And it can be, it can be helpful to the model to do a little bit of free shooting and then have to pay one-on-one because then you have multiple people who all want to shoot you at the same place at the same time. You don't have to worry about scheduling it outside of that. And so driving it, but... and... Again, as long as everyone's honest and models don't have to work for free, but they can also decide to do that if they want to. But, um, yeah, but yeah, just always something to keep in mind. Always try to be clear if the models are getting paid because then that puts a lot more responsibility on you as the photographer. That makes sense. On the, on the subject of social media, do you think that social media is a negative or a positive for creativity? I think it really depends on the individual, like how people view everything, because of course some people can view everything on social media and be like, oh, well, I'll never be able to do this stuff. And they get really discouraged. But on the other hand, I think it is a pretty good well of inspiration. Like if you choose to view it that way, I love looking at everyone else's work out there. There are people doing amazing things. And I have definitely seen things where I was like, okay, I want to do something like that. Not exactly that, but definitely want to do something like that. And it helps me when I'm in creative ruts. Absolutely. But of course, as always, social media can just be really distracting and keep you away from, you know, reality and all that stuff. Yeah. How do you keep track of what's inspiring and what's not? Do you use mood boards or anything like that? I do. I don't for everything, but I do absolutely kind of have a Pinterest mood board of just things I kind of want to do. So I, I have like my photography board and I have my little sub board. So I'll have like, oh, here's some cool, like kind of goth stuff I want to do. Here's some underwater stuff I want to do. And then what I always like to do, especially if I'm trying to work TFP with a model is I'll be like, here's my mood board. Let me know if any of these 
themes, any of these individual pictures, anything on here looks interesting. And then I tell them I'm open to their ideas as well. Cause that's why I think a TFP should be. Is, I mean, it's not that uh, the photographer yeah. just dictates to the model exactly <laughs> what we're doing. Or vice versa. Some people, man, I see from both ends of both models and photographers where they're like looking for TFP and it has to be exactly this and nothing else. And I'm like, that's okay. I guess if you find someone who does want to do exactly that, but I really think a TFP should be a lot more of a collaboration of, I do a little bit of what you want and we do a little bit of what I want. Hopefully they're both things that we both want to do, but, but yeah, I like the mood board because again, I don't want to do necessarily exactly the things that are on my mood board, but it's inspiring. And then, um, like I know my friend, uh, Faye, I was working with her recently and she liked some stuff on my mood board. And then she was like, okay, what well, do you want to do? Like there's this, uh, lady who was just wearing, you know, a wide brimmed hat and she was like doing little implied poses with I think it I saw that on stuff. your uh, Instagram feed. Yeah. Yeah. But with blood, right? Exactly. Because she was like, do you want to do the hat thing or do you want to do the golf blood thing? And I was like, why do we have to <laughs> choose between the two? Exactly. We'll do both. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. It is. Yeah. And that's exactly what we're talking about with the creativity thing, right? You took two things that existed yeah. and you smashed them together. Exactly. That's hilarious. I mean, you can just add blood to anything. We should have I mean, brought, we should have just brought a yeah. pint of pig's blood. In. <laughs> just... <laughs> well, you gotta be careful when you're renting out studios though. They don't always like it when you bring a bunch of fake blood. Why not? Or real <laughs> pig's blood. I haven't worked with real pig's blood. I bet it's a lot harder to get out of clothes than real. <laughs> How hard is fake blood to get out of clothes? It depends. I mean, there is a staining component in it from the, I guess the red dye that's in it. Really, though, it's okay as long as you wash it right away. My problem is I'm lazy, and I'll just have, like, my blood-soaked clothes in, like, a little bag, and it'll just sit in my laundry room for, like, a month, and then I try to wash it, and it doesn't totally come out. But the times I remember to clean it right away. And, of course, as always, it's a little harder to come out of white clothes, but, again, if you wash it right away, it's usually not too bad. That's fair. So since you were talking about working with Faye about this, how do you work with other people to come up with ideas? You were talking about the TFP and the other thing. Do you do you like, you know, you have a group of group of friends that are models that you work with quite a bit. Do you guys kind of sit together in jam sessions and like hammer out ideas or is it more organic or? I mean, definitely with my group of friends that I'm hang out with regularly, just in real life and stuff. A lot of our ideas absolutely come when we're just like, drinking and dicking around and we're like oh my god you know what would be amazing <laughs> that's how we got up. how many people have seen this content <laughs> but we did a donut themed sexy shoot and that absolutely came when i was just bonkers drunk from my birthday so I mean, obviously, sometimes when you sober up, the ideas don't sound so good. But sometimes you're like, you know what? No, this is amazing. It's perfect. We loved it. <laughs> but yeah, I think just working with other people, being able to bounce ideas off. And then sometimes you come up with an idea and then the other person adds to it. And then that's how you create a cohesive, complicated, beautiful thing. Improv, but for art. Yes. <laughs> you I also can't think, say um, no. You have to add on. A lot of the times we plan for a photo shoot. And then we just accidentally do something or we decide something last minute at the photo shoot. Like there's definitely the group pictures of us and we're kind of like the hillbilly trailer trash people. That was at our Christmas shoot. Like we're just like, you know what would be great if we were all hicks. Yeah, no, that's, so we did. Sounds perfectly like Christmas. <laughs> I'm totally there. Totally there for that. It was it was very warm that day too. So it worked out. We were just like on the little porch. And the weather here is ridiculous. Oh, it's so crazy. Yeah. We had like, what, a freezing day, like late in April, like two days ago yeah, like or something. Recently. <laughs> it, went, it goes from like 80 degrees to 32 degrees. Yeah, today's it's going to be back up to 68 or 70 or something like that. <sighs> so one more, one more question, then we'll close it out. So how do you find the courage to find something artistically challenging or to do a style you've never attempted before? And I'm especially referring to this in conjunction with doing it with somebody else. Uh, like working with a model. Like if you have a model, you want to do something that's really challenging, you've never done it before, it'll probably be a failure. How do you approach a model to do something like that? 
or for a photographer. Sure. Since you get to do both. So oftentimes, if I'm not sure what the outcome will be, if I'm not sure it's going to be good, I'm going to either pay the photographer or model, or it's going to be with someone that I'm really good friends with and we all want to try it out with. Because if I feel I can't guarantee, like as a photographer, if I feel I can't guarantee getting good pictures back to the model, and especially if there's something very specific from the model I want, like with the fire dancing, I'm, I'm going to pay you for your skill, especially since I don't know if I'll get you a picture back. I'm going to ask the model, same thing, where I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing, <laughs> but let's try it out. I'm going to be like, either we're friends and you're okay doing it with me, or I'm going to pay you for if your expertise is in this area. Like, especially when I was starting out with the underwater modeling and stuff, and then still a little now. I definitely have my friends who are willing to do the underwater stuff with me. But that's also something that sometimes I'm willing to pay for. So that way I can have the best brought out in me. Like I'm paying for this. I'm going to get something out of it. <laughs> How do you do underwater modeling? Where do you do? do is there like a tank? Like a deep tank? Do you do like, do you have like an air regulator, like oxygen so you can stay under longer? Do you have like 60 second bursts while you hold your breath? Yeah, it's pretty much the, the 60 second bursts. I would love to get certified in free diving. And there is the stuff where you can, you have to be like trained to do it. I wouldn't want to do it without being trained where you do like borrow the oxygen from the scuba divers and stuff. But for now, mostly I've just been doing, I have done a tank, Circus Siren Pod does little events where they rent out their tank. So that's fun because the photographer gets to stay dry. Oh, so like right outside, like it's like clear plexiglass yep, it's for just the clear photographer. Plexi yep. <laughs> and then I've also done, Swimply is really awesome. It's like Airbnb, but for pools. So I just rent a pool. Um, so for that, of course, sometimes depending on where you're shooting the pool and the editing you do, like it looks like you're shooting in a pool. So that's the downside of that. But it's really good for just where I am right now. I would love to do like actual like... Ginny Springs in Florida is supposed to have really clear, beautiful, like natural water. I'd love to do that. But for now in Virginia, this is, this is what I got. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our water, like even in the oceans, not especially clear and it doesn't get deep very fast either. Yeah. So you can't really interesting. Oh, but the ocean has some cool stuff. I would love to, if I ever get into like more of the scuba gear stuff. There are lots of cool, you know, shipwrecks and stuff underwater. I've seen like mermaids swimming around. It looks so cool, but I'm not there yet. Should you reminded me I should do something for the uh, for the for the social media too. We should have uh, set our things next to each other, so we'll have to do that afterwards. So I can take a picture of both of us to put on the on the Insta sure. feed. <sighs> All right, and now I said the same. No, I'm a little squirrely. I'm like I'm like ooh, ooh, shiny <laughs> object. Ooh. <laughs> All right. One last thing. I wanted to throw a shout out there to Catherine who helped me out with some of the questions. I mentioned in a chat we were in that I was struggling with some questions on creativity and she dropped about 20 on my head. <laughs> <laughs> I told her that I would give her co-writer credit on this. Oh, so nice, nice. <laughs> there it is. All right. So for our closeouts, because I have been told by the guy who owns the studio that we are in here in Herndon that he said he's got somebody coming in and he needs us to clear out on time. But Cassie, do you have any projects you want to plug? I Other mean, than that you love doing underwater photography, <laughs> apparently, oh, yeah. if anybody wants and to modeling. do. And modeling. Oh, yeah. I'm always up to do underwater stuff. And that's either with, I have some beautiful Mer Taylor, mermaid tails, as well as just doing like very flowy dresses or whatever else. And again, I'm also always down for horror. If you're like, hey, and if you want to show smash up the in two fake together. blood. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that is absolutely on my list. Although the fake blood underwater, I don't know how well that would work, but like horror underwater stuff. Those have filters, absolutely. right? They'll, like a little floating prosthetic arm next to you, a little blood dripping <laughs> I know um, another underwater model out there is Merman Tristan. I've heard Did I see him on your Instagram likes, feed? Or is that a different? Because there was some dude on your Instagram feed. That Probably was not. Because okay. I don't think I've had pictures with him. I met him at Mermagicon. But I've heard that he enjoys the horror stuff. So I would love to do horror stuff with him at some point. Yeah. Just like a merman with like a knife dripping blood and like. <laughs> I'm going to be an underwater sea witch. Take drowning a victim soon. That's on my to-do list. That seems good too. Yeah. 
Like it was really realistic. And I was like, yeah, we had to go through like four or five victims before we got the shot, but like, it was oh, worth it. They were blinking. <laughs> they blinky. All right. So where can everyone find you online? Yeah. So modeling, my Instagram is emo hippie chick photography. I'm snazzy, cazzy photos. And then I have only fans as well. And that is also emo hippie chick for my free account. And then emo hippie chick premium for the paid goodies for Yes, for the premium content. So what I've been struggling with in terms of monetization is that the group of people that is interested in the podcast about photography and let me get just a couple to make sure the lighting is oh wait, this turned off. Just occurred to me that I probably shouldn't be relying on this not bad exposure wise. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's moderately directional, pretty soft. Let me go a little bit more this way though. Could you move a little closer? Yeah. Not to the wall, but like that way, yeah. Sure. Um, so my, because uh, my core audience is photographers and models. But that audience, oh, you're actually close, sorry. But that audience is not huge. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of dudes who want to be photographers. Especially with, you know, naked girls. Yeah. The, the guys with cameras and then there's the photographers. But generally speaking, like there's not enough of them to really make a successful podcast. Let's take a look at these. I'm getting a little bit of twinkle from the lights in the background. Is that good or bad? No, it's good. No, it's good. It's, I'm just thinking about the, uh, I'm just thinking about the, uh, the background. So this is a 2.8 lens. So we're getting a little bit of blur from the background. Getting, you're hiding the uh, that, which is good because I means I don't have to edit it out. Probably edit that out, but that should be a pretty easy clone out. That's pretty good. Maybe, maybe a little closer, like right here. So maybe see if we can get. Um, but it's still like it's not. And I know it's never gonna be like a Joe Rogan stuff, I guess. There's not, you know, yeah. two million people that want to listen to us talk about photography and. But I'd like to make enough money to be able to pay the models to come on and make it self-sustaining. Yeah, memorization for all of this is always for me <laughs> the hardest part. Yeah, yeah, because that's the same problem that every photographer has, right? I mean, that's why so many models and so many photographers are turning to like OnlyFans and stuff, right? Because a lot of people don't necessarily want to do that type of content. But they can't. And then even with that, it's still about getting people to for your page. On my free page, I have like followers on my OnlyFans. On my paid page, right now I only have, so it's like yeah, it's a lot of people, I mean, you just don't, the problem is there's so much content out there. It's really hard to stand out. It's really hard to be like, well, if you can only pay for one or two models, yeah. OnlyFans, yeah. you should pay for mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, you got, uh, that sounds about right though, because I've heard the, the conversion rate is about 1% for people that follow yeah. you to people that will pay for But then on my Instagram, I have almost 3,000. Oh, that's interesting. So you're getting a conversion from Instagram to your free. Yeah. And then from free to <laughs> Yeah. Jeez. Oh, yeah. And of course, you know, I don't do explicit, like, I don't do pornographic yeah. content. Like, usually people pay for something. They want to see you, like, doing something. Yeah. Because I feel like that's what the models have to do, is they have to almost make people fall in love with them. Yeah. Like, they have to try and force, and then once people fall in love with you, they're like, now you have a whole suite of other problems. Yeah. <laughs> you got <gotta>, like... <laughs> I mean, some people manage it really well, but, like, it is just that extra thing. Can you roll up your sleeve a little bit? Yeah. Focus on the tattoo on sure. one of your arms, yeah. You went just with the book. Yeah, well, hold on, stop. I'm right there. Like, what I was talking about before, like, the details. Oh, okay. Like, I'd like to kind of do, like, like something kind of like, you know, like, like, like about like that big, but just on. Sure. Hmm. I'm sure. Like, because this is some of the stuff that I saw on, like, those Twitter posts, I think. Like, how do they, like, tell a story from just, like, a tiny sliver of an image? Yeah. Like, I'm not, that's something that I'm totally inexperienced with, but I think it's really cool. Right, Although now I can't shoot from here because I'm going to get the softbox in the background. Can't do that. And then let's try, let's try directly here. Actually, extend it out a little bit towards me so the rest of these 
out of focus. Actually, hold on, let me switch those. 85 millimeter 1.8. That might be good for grabbing a real thin slice. Problem is, it's a manual, so it's real interesting to focus sometimes. No, I love my camera because it's a, you know, you have the screen preview and you just press with your finger and then it focuses and takes a picture. Yeah, I actually turned off the touch screen because I kept hitting it with my um, nose. And <laughs> I'm an old man though, so. <laughs> Alright, let's try it again. Okay. Although I have to use, I have to use one that is manual. Let's get, make sure we are on f1.4. I'm going in the wrong direction for focusing. I'm too close. Let's go behind you. <laughs> See that little watcher is there? Alright, hold it up a little higher. Because since this is a, so, so basically I'm only seeing like that much of you. Okay. Hold on. This has a really, really short. Hold on a second. I need to actually adjust this since I'm down at 1.4. I need to. Oh, yeah. Let's set it down. Down. 1.4 is one stop, two stops. Let's go down one and a half stops. Let's try that. Down. Hold on. Can you rotate it a little bit other direction? Right there. And a little bit higher. Uh, a little bit back towards the light, but not too much. Promise is Promise everything's facing the light is giving a lot of glare. Yeah. So, like a little bit more this way. Yeah. I thought I'd turn on focus peaking in here, but I. Um, this is back real quick. And let's move over to the couch. Sure. Right. We need to start adding actual interviews. So, what I was thinking of, so this is what this is kind of a test run for, is what I'm talking about doing in the future is doing like a three hour uh, thing. Because uh, part of what I've been planning on doing, back a little bit, and I'm gonna blow this back up. 164th. What I'm talking about doing is setting up three hour sessions instead of two hours. Because uh, one of the things is I can't afford to pay models to come on the podcast and pay models to shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I have a budget to do one. Uh, so yeah, so I'm kind of, uh, during, during COVID it was fine. Like I did, my, my wife didn't want me shooting with people anyways. Uh, right. She didn't want me exposing, getting, potentially getting exposed. Uh, all right, so... Let's readjust back up to 164th. I think it was almost 132. All right, let me recheck real quick. Sure. That is. It's not bad. It's a little more, little more directional. And with that, we are done. Check us out at the NSFWPhotographyPodcast.com. On Twitter is at NSFWPhotography, Instagram at the NSFWPhotographyPodcast, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app.